Hey friends, welcome to episode 16 of the Making Room on the Pew podcast, a podcast for the church misfits and outcasts. My name is Bailey Welch-Pomerantz, your host here on the show, Um, and today is an exciting day. We are actually kicking off um, a little series about Advent. Um, So through the month of December, we are going to be focusing on what Advent is, why it's important, uh, why we celebrate it, um, basically what's the deal with Advent. Um, I didn't really grow up on the church calendar uh, much per se. Um, I grew up United Methodist, but I feel like we really leaned more uh, toward evangelicalism than Methodist. Um, So I know that Advent is before Christmas and Lent is before Easter and that there are candles involved. And that is about it. Um, So for those of you who may not have grown up on the church calendar um, or grown up in church at all, um, or maybe for some of you who did, um, but you still haven't really fully grasped what's the deal with Advent, uh, this series is for you. Um, So we are just going to have... Uh, a couple of guests throughout the month um, talking about what Advent is, why it's important for us individually and communally, um, why we celebrate it, uh, Mary's role um, in Advent. Uh, Yeah, we're just going to touch on a little bit of everything. Um, So today is our very first episode um, in the Advent series, and we have Lindsay Medford on today. Lindsay is a writer, speaker, activist, and author of the guided journal, Making Friends with My Body and God. She also manages autoimmune disease in a tiny front yard garden. Um, Lindsay also holds a master's degree in theology from Boston University, but really she's most proud of her improv theater and gluten-free baking skills, her family, and her rescue dog, Maya's dainty high fives. She writes regularly on her email newsletter, Justice and Joy, and also over at her website, lindsaymedford.com. I'll mention that again at the end of the show, but all of that is going to be linked in the show notes. Um, So here we go with our episode here with Lindsay Medford about Advent. Welcome to the Making Room on the Pew podcast. I feel like we have been Twitter friends for quite some time, so I'm really excited that we actually get to talk yes. today. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Yes. So before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your book, your family, your work, whatever you'd like us to know about you. Sure. Um, I am... Lizzie, I'm a writer. I live in Charleston, South Carolina with my husband and my rescue dog. Um, and I've, I'm just transitioning from uh, working at my new startup, um, United Methodist Church, that I dearly love, um, into more writing and activism um, being the center of what I do day to day. So. I do write a little curriculum, a lot of creative stuff on my website and such, and then I'm on the South Carolina State Coordinating Committee for the Poor People's Campaign. Wow. 
So you've got a lot going on. Yes. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, I love that you're United Methodist. I grew up United Methodist um, also. So that's exciting. Um, all right. So let's dive into Advent. Um, we're doing a little Advent series here on the podcast through December, um, where we're kind of going to just break down this season and the reason that we celebrate it um, to be hopefully a little more accessible, particularly to those like myself who didn't grow up on the church calendar. I mean, I know when Advent is and we lit the right. candles in church, but my yeah. understanding yeah, my understanding, like, did it go much past that? Like, yeah. we do Advent so that we can get to Christmas. That's all I ever really understood. Um, yeah, I grew so, up this, it was like, now we're lighting candles because that's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think it's really important to actually talk about what Advent is and why it's important, and it's not just to get us to Christmas. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about each Tuesday in December. Um, but Lindsay, you actually volunteered to come on the podcast and talk about Advent. Like I didn't even have to ask you specifically. Um, so I know you love Advent. Why? I do love Advent. Um, I also grew up like with no real conception that a church calendar existed. Um, and then when I was studying theology in college, I started going to an Anglican church, and I think um, everything about the liturgy and, and embodying what we, who we are in Christ, like in community, just felt like something I really needed to go alongside of a theology education where you're like quibbling over the definitions of words, and you're like, where, mm -hmm. what is all of this? <laughs> um, so I, that's why I love liturgy, liturgy and the church calendar. Um, let's see, Advent, um, there's a lot of reasons I love Advent. Um, and I, I will say I've like been through Advent in a lot of like very liturgical churches, but I don't have a lot of that like head knowledge about it or where it came from or anything. So I actually wrote, read a couple chapters out of this book someone else gave me um, in the last few days, um, which is called The Liturgical Year by Joan Chittister. Uh, and she says, Advent is about learning to wait. It is about not having to know exactly what is coming tomorrow, only that whatever it is, it is sanctification for us. Every piece of it, some hard, some uplifting, is sign of the work of God alive in us. We are becoming as we go. Um, so that quote sort of sums up a little bit, like one piece of what I love about Advent, which is that the, the church year begins in this waiting period. And I feel like to me that in in theology world, we use this phrase, um, the already and the not yet, that um, Jesus has already brought the kingdom of God to earth, and we are still waiting for, like, the 
whole fulfillment of that to be revealed and the whole creation to be redeemed. And to start out the church year in this uh, season of waiting really embodies that for me. And it's really sweet to me as someone, even in my justice work, that where I see every day what I long for not being fulfilled and to have an entire these four weeks where we say, hey, God, we're still waiting um, and thinking about how we do that together um, is really sweet to me. Yeah, well, and I think that is so powerful because that is something that literally everyone, no matter who you are, you know what it's like to wait and to long for something. Um, I mean, it could be as simple as, um, I don't know, a kid waiting for their birthday. I mean, that's still a, a, a longing, or it could be something as big as um, waiting for healing right. after a diagnosis, or um, that I actually type, I have my computer open in front of me, and I literally typed that as you uh, read that quote. Um, and I mean, for me, particularly in this season, um, I love talking about learning to wait because um, my family, we actually um, started the adoption process in January. And we were told that we would be licensed in five months and we still are not licensed right. yeah. now. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's really powerful, that waiting for the kingdom of God to come yeah, onto earth. I've been in something of a similar place, um, or just the, even just my feeling, and it's, it's been a little hard to explain at times, but, um, in this year, feeling like I'm waiting to, for some vocational things to come together, um, mm -hmm. and, have really been learning throughout this year more of what it means to actively wait and to like, I don't, I don't know, like turn towards um, that longing and, and that being in process that feels really uncomfortable. And I think um, I'm a pretty goal oriented person and we live in a really goal oriented culture where um, the idea that waiting is something you can do actively, something you can do in community, and that is um, an important activity in some way, or at least something that because we all have to do it, we should learn to do it well. Um, sometimes that falls by the wayside when we're always um, trying to get on to the next thing. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and thinking about actively waiting rather than passively waiting as a season of preparation even like mm -hmm. um you know if I mean I know for me in this season of waiting like that is the only thing getting me through is okay but I have time to get ready right. for whatever's coming next um yeah I like that looking at that with within the context of Advent as well mm -hmm. um yeah, so the church um, celebrates Advent as the four weeks leading up to Christmas. So um, just putting that out there, out there for everyone, just in case um, you don't know. So 
I'm wondering why it's important for us to celebrate this. I mean, we've talked about it as this time of waiting, this season of preparation. Um, but why is it important for us to celebrate this season, both individually, um, but then also as a collective body of Christ? Yeah, again, I think there's a lot of reasons. Um, when traditionally, we when we talk about Advent as this period of waiting, um, we're both waiting for like, um, reenacting that wait for the incarnation or the birth of Christ. I would say he was incarnate. He became human um, in the womb. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> the we're waiting for the for Jesus to be born. Um, but we're also waiting for the second coming of Jesus. But um, when Christ returns and the reign of God is fully established on the earth, which um, might look really different depending on what your theology is. But um, again, we're dwelling in that already and not yet together. Um, and, I, and I think what we're preparing for in particular is um, the Christmas season when we think about um, what the incarnation itself means, like what does it mean that God became uh, a human and that, and that being human means to have a body? Um, is the statement God is making by assuming this body, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, and for me, there's even um, this thought of these last four weeks when uh, Mary is like so done with being pregnant and um, <laughs> sort of dwelling on that image as well of um, where Mary makes room for God in her body and in a sort of parallel to the way that God makes room for us. Um, and I don't know if that traditionally has anything to do with Advent, but that's what I'm usually sort of dwelling on because I just get really excited. About yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. I have never even considered like this would be perhaps the hardest time of Mary's pregnancy. Like it's this last four weeks where I'm sure she was thinking like, oh my gosh, just get out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I love and, that. And at the same time, there's always that, you know, you're never going to be ready, um, but you're trying to, to do what you can to to make us to make space for for what God is doing in your life or to make space for a baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah so sure. yeah yeah can I um ask like can we go back to when you were talking about how you view Jesus becoming incarnate in the womb yeah instead of being like when he was born I mean I have never even thought about that I've never heard that said and Actually, I'm wondering like does that change the way you view Christmas like when we're so conditioned to think that like Jesus wasn't on earth until birth does that change anything for you I just meant to say that to emphasize Mary's role in the incarnation um yeah that and that like 
especially I think because we love telling children the Christmas story, but we don't love telling children the details of birth. It does feel like Jesus just like like appeared like a leprechaun or something on mm-hmm. this day, and and we forget that G- that Mary had this. Um, particular relationship with him and that he that 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 relationship for her lasted nine months before Christmas um or before Jesus was born um I was gonna say one other thing about that I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's okay if you remember we'll come back (laughs) oh that orthodox call her the bearer of God um and that's really important to their theology. And, and I think that could be an important way to talk about the role of, of women in the life of God, you know? Um, so that is the only reason I went on that tangent about the womb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love that though. Like, I think, I think especially around Christmas, Mary becomes such a um, controversial topic like mm-hmm. if I feel like if you make a big deal of Mary um that's you know quote-unquote too Catholic uh-huh. or but it, it also doesn't feel right to just be like oh she just you know she, Jesus is here you know she was like part of the plan but that was it she wasn't right an active role in it um yeah that's really interesting yeah cool um I like that um so last week when you and I were talking Mm -hmm. you mentioned something about Advent coinciding with the earth seasons at least here in the northern hemisphere yeah can you talk a little bit about that I Um, love that I think I noticed this the most when I lived in Boston because by you know Christmas generally occurs or December 25th is usually within a few days of the winter solstice, right? Um, which is the shortest mm-hmm. day of the year. And in Boston, that day is from, I don't re- even know when the sun rises in the winter, probably like eight. It's like a seven or eight hour day. But so in the dead of winter in Boston, the sun is down by like 4.15, like dark outside. And I... I'm from the South, and I was living there for grad school, uh, being super poor, not having a car, and um, other things, and the Christmas lights suddenly became so important to me, (laughs) Um, having never really thought much about the length of the day until I moved somewhere that that is a lot, that process is a lot more dramatic. Um, The as the winter felt like it was like closing in and the darkness was surrounding us it was also like but we have the power to to push it back just a little bit um with the with these twinkle lights or candles or whatever um and so that so being having this season of like where we're and also starting the church the church year in the dead of winter is so unique. Um, I, I'm sure there are other cultures where they consider this the beginning of the new year, but I don't know what they are. Um, yeah. And to, to be open to a new beginning 
as things are becoming more dark to be um to be committed to creating just a little bit of light for one another in this dark space and like thinking even feeling in that process that if we can do that and create just a small amount of light where we are all gathered then the darkness itself can be a productive place and not so scary um and a place where in maybe a womb you know um that mm. became really important to me at that time and it's it's something that i've um and something i'd like to explore more is how um all different parts of the church calendar sort of go along with the seasons as um starting to align more with the rhythms of the earth has become important to me as a, a practice of paying attention to things we aren't always encouraged to notice. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, you know, I just learned yesterday that um, this is the start of the church calendar. Okay, yeah. That like we're starting over. I just learned that and I um, I think that's so interesting because we don't ever consider this the start of anything. I feel like we either follow school schedules. So the, you know, it starts in the fall. I mean, August, September, whenever you go back to school in the place where you live, or it's like in the spring, you feel like, oh, we're, we're being like birthed into beauty again after so much colds you know, in darkness. And I have never even considered how somehow in the church, we start new in the dark, in the cold, at least here. I live in New Jersey, so not okay. quite as far as, as Boston, but yes, it's definitely cold and dark very early. <laughs> Hey friends, just breaking in here um, with our conversation here with Lindsay um, to tell you about something that I'm really, really excited about. Um, I am participating again this year in Dressember. Um, now, if you've never heard of Dressember before, um, it is an organization working to draw attention to the uh, global human rights atrocity and crisis of human trafficking. Um, so Dressember um, recognizes that slavery exists in every city around the world, um, whether that's massage parlors, truck stops, uh, major sporting events, um, or even right next door. Um, so more than 40 million people are in human trafficking around the world, about one in four are children, and um, human trafficking generates about $150 billion a year. Um, and that actually makes it um, the number two uh, crime industry right behind drug trafficking. Um, so this is something that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, I actually, I found out about human trafficking about 10 years ago in high school and it completely shattered me. Um, you know, I honestly wasn't sure that I was going to do Dressember again this year. It just takes so much planning and commitment and life is a little crazier this year in the midst of getting licensed to foster and adopt. Um, but then I remembered why I started this in the first place because when I learned about human trafficking in high school it broke my heart 
because learning about this issue is what led me to major in social work through college because my future kids who are in the foster care system are at far greater risk than those children who are not uh, because my community of LGBTQ plus siblings are also at a far greater risk than our straight cisgendered friends because supposedly we live in the land of the free, but I firmly believe that quote that no one's free until we're all free. Um, So I'm pulling out every dress I own this December to bring awareness to this issue uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, Something else really quickly that I love about December is that um, they recognize that A, this is not a women's problem, and B, that there are, um, you know, men who want to be involved. There are non-binary uh, people who want to be involved. So they have actually added into um, that you can do this with a tie as well. Um, so either wear a dress every day um, in December or wear a tie every day in December um, and raise money and awareness for this um, social justice issue of human trafficking. Um, So I would love to have you join me um, in doing that, whether that means for you wearing a dress or a tie every day this month or supporting um, one of the advocates like myself who are doing it. Um, If you would like to help me reach my goal, um, you can go over to Dress Ember. So it's just like December, but Dress Ember. Uh, 2019.org backslash fundraiser backslash Bailey hyphen Welch Pomerantz and I will link that in the show notes as well or you can head over to um, Twitter or Instagram and it's in my bio there as well. All right guys let's head back over to our conversation with Lindsay Medford. Okay so as we Um, kind of start to wrap up here. Um, I would love to hear about your favorite thing about Advent. Oh, um, my favorite thing, I do really, we um, started, when my husband and I got married, we decided to light the candles um, in our house, uh, usually Mm -hmm. at dinner time for each week. So um, I guess if people don't know, uh, but this is for for whatever reason, this is one thing that a lot of churches that have discarded the church calendar entirely still do. They light one candle the first week of Advent, and then they light two purple candles the second week of Advent, and they light three the third week, and then four fourth week, and then the, and on Christmas the white candle in the middle is the Christ candle, and you light it, um, and the Advent wreath is complete. Um, so you have, as you have these, uh, these candles waiting to be burned as sort of this symbol of this waiting period. Um, and traditionally they represent um, hope, faith, joy, and love in differing orders. <laughs> um, so we decided to, to do that and um, having that physical sort of representation of the light slowly breaking in on the darkness, um, as well as sort of taking some time each week to dwell on that word of the week that, I don't know what it is, virtue of the week, um, hope, joy, faith, and love, um, has become a really sweet 
uh, time. And it's, and it's something that's, and it's very simple, you know, uh, yeah. but, but is a way to, um, to attune your own rhythms to a different rhythm than like work school rushing around, you know, um, mm-hmm. to, to take a, sh- a small moment to refocus. So that's been really, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I have actually never heard of anyone doing that in their home. A lot of people. But it does, like, it seems like, <laughs> just um, not my friends, apparently. <laughs> Nobody I know. <laughs> I just don't want to take um, credit for it. It's like, lots of people do that. Um, yeah. I definitely recommend it. And, oh, yeah, we did, we make our, you can, if you buy, you can buy, like, a wreath already made, or you can buy, like, the form of a wreath and it's pretty easy to just like stick extra branches if you go to a christmas tree farm they'll give you extra branches and you just kind of stick them around it so oh is that what you guys do do you make your own <laughs> um yeah cause he insists on getting a real tree like after thanksgiving so we're there and we just grab some yeah. extra branches and stick them in our wreath that, and then we get to reuse it you know yeah and it smells good. I know that's, that is honestly one of my favorite things about the Christmas <laughs> season. It's just getting to smell evergreen all the time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I mean, I know that you had said that you feel like your views on Advent are like, quote, unquote, informal. Um, but we're all about informal here. Um, and I mean, you honestly did help me better understand Advent um yeah Yeah. so I'm sure our listeners are going to love it as well cool thank you so much for having me all right friends thanks for joining us for yet another week here on the making room on the pew podcast if you enjoyed this episode or it positively impacted you in any way we would love if you would take just a few seconds to give us an honest five-star rating and review it really means so much to us and it helps others find this content too until next time this has been making room on the pew